Get ready to be inspired by the great things happening in rural education. The Rural Scoop will bring you new ideas and innovative solutions, will dive into education issues, and will highlight what's working in your rural communities. You will hear from a variety of educators, administrators, professionals, and others who will provide relevant and engaging content in each episode. And now, serving up the scoop, here's your host, Dr. Melissa Sadorf. Thank you, Rural Scoop listeners, for joining me. I'm excited to be able to talk with Garnett Burns, the Project Director of Enforcement Actions at the State Board of Education here in Arizona. We'll be discussing what her department does, some of the trends that are being seen with teacher discipline here in Arizona, and some of the proactive ways that both ADE and the State Board of Education are responding. Garnett, are you ready to give us the scoop? I sure am. Thank you. I have been here at the State Board since July of 2019. Prior to that, I have over 20 years of law enforcement experience. I started out as a victim's witness advocate um, in the District Attorney's Office in Oregon, and then moved to Arizona to take a job in juvenile corrections as an officer. I then became the first canine officer for my agency, and from there promoted to an internal affairs investigator, which I did for about the last 10 years of my career. Then I went to um, the state or the, uh, the state board of education investigative unit as an investigator, and about 18 months after that, promoted to the chief. I was there for four years, and then took this position at the board um, as the project director of enforcement actions. It's kind of the next step past the investigative unit. So I'm glad that I was able to do that and still have that working relationship. So what is it exactly that you do as the project director of enforcement actions? What's your function? Um, My function is to handle the cases of um, alleged misconduct once the investigation is completed. So I then receive the cases from the investigative unit. I review them, staff them with the executive director and the attorney general's office, and we determine course of discipline. Um, Then I contact um, the educators and schedule the cases for hearings or offer settlement agreements. Now, you you talked about the investigative unit, and this is something that you've done in the past, as you've noted. What does the investigative unit do? The investigative unit is responsible for investigating all allegations of misconduct against certificated individuals. Um, They have right now four investigators, one chief and one administrative assistant. And they're housed in Phoenix with the Department of Education, but they are responsible for the entire state of Arizona. So cases in Yuma, um, Flagstaff, even the the far outlying areas they're responsible for. And so they conduct the investigations from beginning to end and then forward them to me. So the the State Board of Education and ADE work together on, on teacher discipline. And is there anything else that we need to know about that working relationship? Um, It's a very good working relationship. Um, It's, you know, they're able to contact us with any questions they have or they may need. If we need follow-up on cases after they've sent them to us, all we have to do is ask and they respond very quickly. Um, The unit has grown and changed so much in the last four years, um, and the relationship has improved so much in the last four years between the two departments or agencies that I'm just really proud of the growth and and what we're accomplishing. So Garnett, 
what is the Professional Practices Advisory Committee, the PPAC, and what role do they play in the process? Um, the Professional Practices Advisory Committee is a committee of peers. Um, it has We have two committees, and they are comprised of the same positions on the committees. We have one elementary classroom teacher, a secondary classroom teacher, a principal, a superintendent or assistant superintendent, and two lay members. One of those lay members must be a parent of a student that's currently attending public school and one governing board member. And the PPAC serves as the hearing body for the board. So they're responsible for hearing all of the cases, the evidence, the testimony, and then making a recommendation to the board for proper discipline. And currently, and this is something new, there is an access point on the State Board of Education's website that people can check teacher certification in that website. Talk to us a little bit about that. So if you go to the State Board website, you'll see a tab at the top and it's called Teacher Discipline. And once you click on that, there's a lot of information in there. Um, There's an area that describes the hearing and what to expect and it helps with respondents um, to know what to expect in their hearings. It also helps with the public and victims to know what to expect on their side as well um, and the outcome. And then it also allows the public to enter a name of an educator to see if there's any discipline on there and it will show um, what discipline was handed down, when that was, and it gives links to where they can obtain the information and request records as well. Garnett, there's been some changes in the last few years on the kinds of cases that you're seeing coming through your department, what are the behaviors that you're seeing in terms of teacher discipline lately? Can you give us some statistics? I can. Um, We have seen an increase in sexual misconduct cases. Um, They've always been kind of top of the list, but they've increased about double in the last two years, um, as well as assault cases and drug and alcohol related cases. Um, They're kind of second in line and tied with each other. Um, But I know that since 2012, from 2012 to 19, our adjudicated cases that went through the board for discipline increased 298%. Wow. And in 2018 to 19, there was an increase of 18.9% in the adjudicated cases just in that year alone. So there's a steady increase in all cases. um, But we are seeing a significant increase in sexual misconduct cases. I believe it's more of a reporting. Um, The outreach we've done for reporting has resulted in people realizing they need to report these. So I don't know that it's so much that it's happening more often, just that people are more aware, which is a good thing. And along those same lines, I know that professional development is, is being developed for teachers on ethical behavior guidelines. Can you talk to us a little bit about that? I can. Um, NASDAQ is the National Association of State Directors of Teacher Education and Certification. And it's, they house a database that um, all states report into. But outside of that, they also offer classes and services and they, they develop things. They have developed um, what's called the Model Code of Ethics. Um, and so we have you know, tried to follow and utilize that resource and kind of model our professional development and outreach around that. Um, The executive director, Alicia Williams, here at the board, and myself, and the chief investigator, Spelich, over at the Department of Education, um, we often go out and we speak to teachers, and not 
not teachers so much directly. It's more of the HR administrators, um, superintendents, and we explain to them, you know, the kinds of behaviors that we look into, kinds of things to look for, how to report, um, all the things they have questions on, anything they request to know information about, we do that for. Um, and I know ADE and the board were kind of working together to um, be able to put things on our website that would help teachers with these questions they have of, is this okay to do, is this not okay to do, and, you know, boundary things. So those are all in process. Now, there's a difference in terms of certification requirements for traditional public and charter schools. How does that relate to the work that you do? We only have legal jurisdiction over certificated individuals. And so really, it's it's not so much a difference between the charter and the traditional schools. Um, they're both considered public schools. It's just that our issue comes when it comes to uncertified individuals. And when we look at the numbers for our uncertified individuals, it's about 6,000 in the state, 4,000 of those are at charters, and 2,000 are at what we consider the district schools. Um, so, you know, they both employ non-certified people, similar coaches, um, teachers' aides, those kinds of things where we get reports and we're unable to make, take any action on them because they're not certified. That's been our struggle and that's what we're trying to address now in the upcoming bills. Talk to us a little bit more about that. What are the bills that are moving right now in either the House or the Senate? So we have two educator discipline bills that are right now going through the process. We have SB 1048 and HB 2110 and both have passed out of the Senate and House unanimously. Um, SB 1048 passed out of the Senate last week um, at 30 to zero. I guess the House version hasn't received its full vote yet just because they work a little slower. Everyone was in support of these bills, um, the AEA, ASA, ASBA, Arizona Chamber, and the Charter Association. And that's huge to have everyone on board Mm -hmm. one of these bills that impacts education so greatly. So we're grateful that everyone was able to come together and, and make this work. And what do those bills try to address? So these bills try to shore up these things that we have um, missing. With the uncertified educators, it will allow us to um, be able to have some jurisdiction over a certain demographic of those non-certified people, um, coaches. And we're really looking at the people who have one-on-one -on -one interaction with students. So like a kitchen worker, we're not looking at those kinds of people who are in group session sittings with kids. It's more just the ones that are individually and that we have seen reports on. Mm. Um, and then the other thing we're trying to cover is like right now, charter schools are allowed to hire someone who has a suspended certificate, but they cannot hire someone that has a revoked or surrendered certificate. So we're trying to, to fix that to where even suspended certificates they cannot hire, and the same with district schools. When and how should schools or districts report any concerns that they have regarding teacher conduct? What's that process? Um, so <clears throat> the process for that is there's two applications that the districts can use, and it's the teacher input application or the certi certification search application that are both, they sit with the department. And so districts should have access to one, if not both of those, to the teacher input application is where they load their um, teacher roster into every year. So there is a clear space on both of those applications that says report educator misconduct. 
So when you have an incident, um, that's the place to go. It sends an email directly to the investigative unit upon completion, and it sends basically a receipt to the person reporting to show that they reported it, um, because there's legal ramifications if it's not reported. Um, there's, you know, ARS 133620 requires the reporting of sexual abuse or child abuse. Um, and 15514, 15516, and 1514, 15, and 16, <laughs> they cover the reporting requirements for districts. Um, they have three days to report. Um, it also covers the immunity of teachers who are reporting in good faith that they will not be in trouble. Um, and so if anyone ever has any questions about whether or not to report, it's, I always recommend it's best to err on the side of caution. And if they're still unsure, reach out and call. I will absolutely help and walk someone through that. And so will the department. Um, Rose Rodriguez is the administrative assistant for the investigative unit. She is very good about walking people through how to report. She has a print up that shows how to report, as do I. So we're here to help. Garnett, is there anything that we haven't discussed that you want to make sure that people know about? I would like for everyone to know that Alicia and I are available anytime to come out and speak to any district or HR people, anyone who needs us to come and, you know, help with whatever in reporting or related to discipline. I'm available. Chief Investigator Spellich makes himself available. I would just encourage everyone to reach out anytime they have any questions or need any help. I'm I'm really pleased that we've gotten so much feedback. We've been able to have these conversations with the districts and it's made such an impact so far. And if anybody wanted to get information on what we talked about or to get in touch with you to set up some kind of training, how can they do that? They could contact me directly at the State Board of Education at the 602-542-5057. Oh, Garnett, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me. This is really important information for our teachers and school leaders to have. I appreciate the opportunity. Thank you so much. Proud member of the Podnuga Network.